0: everyone to the Sisters Stories Podcast. This podcast's aim is to marvel at God's sovereignty over each of our lives as women and to encourage one another by sharing our stories. My name is Sophie and today I am joined by Sarah. Hello Sophie. <laughs> Hello Sarah, welcome.
1: <laughs> Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, great. Um, first of all, can you tell us who you are?
1: Yes, uh, as you've said, my name is Sarah. Um, I'm 55 years old. I am married to Pim. And we have two teenage children. I trained and worked as a nurse uh, specializing in urological cancers. And I recently retired.
0: Great. Uh, Thank you. Um, So we're going to be talking about your journey uh, with Christ and Mm -hmm. and your faith in him. Uh, But first of all, can you tell us about your family background, uh, how you were brought up?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, So I grew up in the southeast of England. I'm the youngest of four children, two boys, two girls. My parents were um, very happily married for just short of 60 years. My dad died in 2015. Um, But both my parents were from believing homes. Um, My dad's family actually, both his parents were officers in the Salvation Army and his grandparents on one side were missionaries. Um, So he and mum did bring us up to go to church. We belonged to a United Reformed church near where we lived, and my dad was a serving elder there. Um, So they and we were were very involved and committed to that church congregation. I I do remember it being quite a big part of our lives when we were younger. Um, But by the time I left home for university, I wasn't really going at all regularly. Um, So when I went to uni, it didn't really come into my mind to to find a, a church to go to mm. or to to join the CU. Um I always believed in God, um, you know, God the creator of everything and in Jesus. And I probably would have self identified as a Christian if, if mm. I'd had a form to fill in and a box to tick, I I definitely would have ticked it. But I I wasn't living as a Christian mm. and I I didn't actually understand yeah. what that should look like or what that could look like.
0: Mm, okay, mm. thank you. Um, I wonder, so you said that you did have a belief in God. Uh, mm. Was there anything in particular about God that you remember knowing or hearing about a lot in church or, or maybe nothing in particular? I suppose just the, not hearing specific things as
1: such, but just the just the foundation that... Mm. We were brought up to pray before we went to sleep. You know, when we were mm. small we prayed w- with one or other of my parents. When we went on holiday we had a caravan. We used to all be in the same little space sleeping and we used to say the Lord's Prayer together before mm. we went to sleep. Um and you know, going to church was a routine. Um so I suppose I just I didn't really question it as a mm. as a as a younger child and then yeah. I didn't reject it as such. I just didn't really embrace him either. Yes, I see yeah. what you
0: mean. Yeah, okay. And that's interesting. It's actually similar. I, I remember praying as a young child mm-hmm. as well, yeah. but not not with knowing anything at all about no. God as such, yes. really, which is quite yes. odd. Um, okay, great. Um, so can you take, you take us through a little bit what the next few years of mm-hmm. your life um, looked like um, and how eventually you got to believe in Christ, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> So um, there there was one kind of more sort of formative experience when I was maybe nine or ten. I had a a best friend at school who went to an evangelical church locally. um, And she um, invited me and and one or two other friends to a holiday club that they ran Mm -hmm. um, in the summer. Um, And I went to that really happily. I remember really loving it um so the the young leaders were really cool and it was really great fun and we were outside the whole time and um <laughs> sounds like soul and roots. <laughs> yeah no absolutely um and I still remember a few of the songs that we learned um but I didn't really grasp the gospel although I'm sure that they were mm. they were teaching it um and Katie my friend did her best to evangelize us on the journey to school and Mm. um and she once caused a group of us when we were maybe about 10 or 11 we were we were in a cinema watching a film um and she um i I suddenly became aware that everyone was getting up and going and the girl next to me said katie wants to leave um and i remember being really annoyed Mm. um but she was obviously uncomfortable with something Mm. in the film and i although i was quite annoyed and a bit kind of bewildered I do remember that conviction was quite, Mm. quite striking. You know, it did kind of make an impression. Mm. Um, So, so moving on, um, after I finished university, then I um, trained as a nurse. I I moved to London um, and after I qualified, I lived and worked in London sort of throughout my Mm. twenties and really then my life was very secular and Mm. pretty hedonistic really, to be honest.
0: Um okay. Did you meet uh Pim in that time then? Yes, I met
1: Pim kind of towards the, I was 29. Mm. Um so we met through some friends. Um he is originally from the Netherlands. Um and he came over to do some study and then stayed, got yeah. a job and just has been here ever since. Um so he wasn't really a Christian either. Um but he had he had been to church a bit. He wasn't brought up going to church, but he had a friend who went and he used to Mm. kind of go to a youth group. And so he had had a bit of an introduction. And when he came to London, he started going to the Dutch church in the city. Mm. Um, I think he would probably agree that was more, uh, the motivation for that was more social than spiritual at the time. Um, But it was still quite an important part of his life. Um, um, But when we decided to get married, it, it, was important to both of us that we got married in church that you know that we had a christian ceremony Mm. um and um so when when we got married we had the the urc minister who i knew from Mm. childhood um and the dutch minister both kind of officiating wow um (laughs) and it was really lovely actually it was it was um they 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 hadn't kind of practiced beforehand but they suddenly suggested that the Dutch people say the Lord's Prayer in Dutch, and the English mm. people in English. And like we've been funny at Cornerstone recently, the kind of yes. cadence is very similar mm. in other languages. So it really it worked really. It was it was quite meaningful. It was really yeah. lovely. Um, mm. And after we were married, we we did decide we wanted to find a church we could go to together because mm. um, the Dutch church didn't really work for me. Being, was it in, being Dutch? All in Dutch? Yes. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> that doesn't help. No. So is that how you came to Cornerstone or was that um, a little bit later on?
1: A, a little bit later on. So um, we were living in Battersea um, and we we tried one or two churches but didn't really mm. find anywhere that we um, felt that comfortable. Um, I remember going to one where we were kind of easily the youngest people there. There were only mm. about 10 people there. Um, so we we kind of dipped into one or two but didn't really... Mm. um find anywhere and then um I think over over a period of maybe three or four years after we were married um there were kind of a number of significant things really three or four significant things that Mm. that changed everything
0: yes because it seems like so far at least you were trying you were going to church and trying to commit to that I guess through Mm. your marriage and and being quite intentional about that but would you say that either of you were committed Christian at that no at that definitely point. not no no, no. Not really. and
1: and we didn't we didn't really know mm, we couldn't yeah. have told you the gospel really okay yeah we wouldn't really have known what that meant I don't think yeah Sorry. but I think we were more thinking we wanted to have a family and so mm. that's that would be a good thing to do yeah. Um not really thinking about our own
0: convictions d- and, yes yeah, yeah. that's yeah. really interesting because I mean I guess. It, it, i find it really interesting to see how god draws yes. different people yes. for different reasons actually mm. and then actually that producing real fruit in your life and, yes. uh, and real conviction and yes. faith because yeah. i
1: guess we were with hindsight we were wanting Seeking. you know needing yes. something yes exactly. but we didn't really know what that was yeah yes mm. um, and that's
0: interesting that both of you together were on that yes. journey or similar journey at yes. Least. yes
1: yes it wasn't like one was thinking what you know <laughs> we're not." Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we were both kind of on the same page. But mm. um but having said that, the the first kind of significant thing that happened yes. really was that Pim Pim kind of started on that journey before I did. Mm. So he was working in the city and I think a colleague of his told him about um a lunchtime service that was happening at St Helens in Bishop mm. Bishopsgate. So he started going to that every week. Um and he just had lots of questions, and he he met one-to-one with um, William Taylor, who was one of the, the pastors there, okay. um, and sort of, you know, went into things a bit. Um, so he didn't really say much to me about it at the time, but, um, but he was clearly, you know, seeking mm. answers and, um, you know, was kind of off on his journey. And yeah. I, was, I was a bit blissfully unaware. <laughs> um, and then the, another thing that happened was that we moved from Battersea to Kingston. Mm. Um, and um, I had a, a, a relative who was a Christian who who was at St. Helens, um, who told me about a new church plant that was happening in Kingston. Um she was clearly keen for us to start going to church. Um, so she gave us the details, and um, I think some friends of hers were among the planting team. Um, so Pim and I coincidentally attended the first Cornerstone service. Wow. Um, um, and we were just made really welcome and just kept, kept coming. Yeah. Um, and then probably the, the biggest thing that, that brought me to faith and the biggest factor looking back was um Pim and I um were given a a diagnosis of infertility Mm. um we had found that out actually prior to moving to Kingston um and we had actually started treatment Mm. um before we went to that first cornerstone service um so um I realized that this is you know um potentially quite a controversial issue for many christians and and also you know potentially quite a painful subject for many women and couples and people who may be listening so i can only speak from my own experience um you know and i'm sorry if i Mm. say anything that um i'm sure i'm sure it's distressing for anyone Mm. listening um but um but it is a very fundamental yeah and it's helpful to hear your experience as well yeah um so i think um although i'm i i'm had never kind of been someone who was particularly gifted with small children i always knew that i wanted to Mm. to be a mother and and have a family of my own um and it never occurred to me that it wouldn't just happen when i wanted it to happen Mm. um until it didn't and um we were then given a reason why it wasn't going to Mm. um so it was a huge blow for both of us um and also quite a challenge at that time for for both of our developing understanding of of Christianity mm, um, yes. and what that meant. So we were we were so new at Cornerstone. It's a bit of a blur, but I don't really remember discussing it with anybody. Mm. Um, and I think maybe subconsciously I didn't want to have any different views. You know, I'd, I just wanted to keep on with the fertility treatment and get what I wanted. Mm, um, yes i think well i know because he's told me since that pim did discuss it with the one of the pastors at the time Mm -hmm. um and i i was kind of aware of that but he didn't really share all that with me Mm -hmm. um but i um and i didn't really want to ask him Mm because i i kind of was frightened that he would say actually you know we need to stop this Mm -hmm. um and i i didn't want to hear that yeah um but, um, you know, God's mercy and kindness was amazing. And I began to really be able to see that and to understand, if not completely accept, that I wasn't in control. Mm. So I guess that was the kind of biggest biggest leap, really, the yeah. biggest step, mm-hmm. um, just realizing that actually, if God doesn't want this for me, then it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so something i'd always kind of assumed i could have was you know it's not my right um
0: yeah i think it's interesting how in many well in all our in our lives in general we just expect that god mm. would do what we want when we want it and it's very hard to uh understand that that probably won't be the case or at least we don't really know what we really need Mm. so um that's a, a really good example of that i'm sure yes um and it's helpful to see that i mean it can be something maybe really small in our daily lives but also something of yes. a bigger issue like yes. you're mentioning yes and we can't trust in him even in that situation yes so yes and yeah. there's a
1: verse isn't there that, that pym was always quoting but i'm gonna say it wrong but <laughs> um you know it's something like in his heart a man plans his course or plans his steps but god determines actually you know you you can plan as much as you like but yeah where you're going is where god wants you to go
0: yeah exactly yeah that's right Mm. um i'm quite interested to see that all these i mean obviously these different things one after the other brought you closer to understanding who god was um but Again, um, I remember talking to Lauren last time Mm. uh, in the last episode and and talking about hardships and and trials and how they do make us think um, and people who probably hadn't considered God previously actually are in front of that decision to Mm. follow him or not, to to know Christ and to follow him. Um, And yeah, it really puts us in front of what our lives are about. Yes.
1: And I suppose particularly when it's, those kind of essential,
0: you know, it's life, it's mm. death, it's, yes. it's, yeah. Mm. Yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah. Right. So that's the third thing, isn't it? But you said there was a fourth yes. element. Um, <laughs> and just, I suppose, I ought to
1: finish that oh, bit of yes. the story, um, not to go into lots of detail, but um, I think it's, it's probably important to say um, that we were, we were kind of spared, through god's kindness being presented with with lots of decisions about discarding embryos or freezing embryos Mm, so um the first time there was only one Mm. um and that was implanted and then he's now 17 (laughs) um and then the second time there were only two and Mm. one of them carried on growing and she's now 15 so (laughs) I think the the point I'm trying to make is that we really felt God's hand in that, kind mm. of sparing us, um, but also just blessing us so richly. Um, yes. Mm. So I've I've kind of come to see through that that I I didn't I really didn't deserve anything, um, mm. but you know I've been given so much. Yeah. Um, yeah so all all these things were kind of going along on a track together and then the the last thing that that was really important um was that um just before our son was born Pim lost his job mm. um and struggled to f- to find another one um but then he was offered a job in Jersey in the Channel Islands um and decided that he had to take that yeah. um so we went there and ended up being there for a couple of years um from when um Ollie was quite newly born mm-hmm. um, and um we um tried to we we looked for a church we we joined the kind of church that was closest to where we lived um and we tried to get stuck in as we 'd mm-hmm. kind of learned that we ought to and <laughs> we met some very lovely Christian people um but we realized, and I realized particularly to my absolute surprise. I was really missing Cornerstone oh. and what I was what I was actually missing was the teaching. Mm. Um yes. I think I'd I'd kind of left Kingston still feeling a bit nervous and a bit suspicious. You know, I mm. I was brought up in a family um you know our, our the the church was quite liberal. Um mm. you know and I was I'd kind of felt slightly reticent about this heavy gospel message kind of being hit over the head with it all the time but being away and not being at all challenged or stretched Mm. um really made me see how much i i did need to learn and grow and and how much i actually wanted to Mm -hmm. um so when we came back home to kingston i felt really committed to cornerstone Mm. which was a really good thing um and really excited to learn and you know try to kind of become part of the church family
0: yeah that sounds great mm. and again it, it's really interesting how looking back into our into each of our lives we can see these kind of things happening where God was trying to teach us something really specific in that time mm. that we probably would have missed completely at the at yes. the at, at that specific time at least and then we look back and we realize why that was yes. And that's really I really like that because it just shows us how limited we are yes, and how in control he is. But also it's really precious to see that afterwards actually yes. and to be encouraged by yes. that. So that that's really nice. And yeah. I suppose
1: it should, if we can try and hang on to that and remember it, it exactly. should help us wherever we're at because yeah. we don't know how God may be using that.
0: That's right. That yeah. thing that
1: we're living through right now. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah that's right. Um, so, I guess the next question is really um, whether there's anything specific that you've learned in in the last couple of years. We've had quite a bumpy yeah. couple of years, really. Um, if there's something specific you'd like to share about about these last couple of years that you've learned, that you feel God has taught you in that time,
1: I think I think a couple of things. Um, one thing I think a, a number of people have said um, when they've been talking to you on other episodes um the i think the the lockdown and covid and everything it's it really made me so appreciative of of cornerstone leadership Mm -hmm. and um the youth team the music team all those people who really worked so hard to Mm -hmm. to try and keep us together and keep us united and it it just made me really value everybody i think um yeah. And when we first kind of saw everybody on Zoom and those coffees it was just it so, was so exciting weird, wasn't it? and all you could do is just keep scrolling through and saying oh that's you know it was just so lovely yes. um, mm. and just how hard the team worked to try and keep everyone united and you know yeah. growing and supporting each other even though it was it was not an easy thing to do and and I think I've appreciated it much more kind of talking to other people whose churches have not mm. been able for whatever reason to to do the same yes um yeah. and you know since since things have opened up we've had so many people coming to cornerstone yeah. because their churches haven't been able to keep going for whatever reason and yeah. i think you know we've just been so blessed yes we um, have and then thinking about kind of more recently um i mentioned at the beginning that i've just retired um, mm, a couple yes. of weeks ago um, and, um, I suppose I started thinking about whether and when to retire, um, a few years ago when I discovered that I could retire at 55, mm. um, it sort of lodged in my brain and I thought, that's <laughs> <Lucky interesting." you. laughs> but, um, but for ages I really shied away from it because yeah. I, um, just thought, oh no, I'm not ready for that. And, yes. but it was also because being a nurse was you know a big part of my identity Mm. um I've been doing it for such a long time and you know I've loved it and um and it's one of those jobs that you know on the whole you tell people you do and they think you're wonderful and you know it's you bask in the glory of that you are wonderful Sarah (laughs) (laughs) and people don't really know what I do all day um so I think I was I was quite scared to lose that Mm, Um, Yes. so over the past year or so I've kind of had to really think about it and pray and kind of work quite actively to to try and work at letting that go Mm. um because you know i know as a christian my true identity is not that i'm a nurse um it's being in christ and i have honestly found that quite challenging Mm. um and i'm sure i still will at times because it's very early days um but that's been very interesting Mm. um and you know obviously still need a bit of working at but
0: yeah that's something we all need to remember Mm. all the time isn't it yes yeah yeah that's right okay um so to end with could you tell us a little bit if you've got any advice for perhaps younger christians Mm. um maybe even younger parents or Mm. i don't know whatever you find is most applicable and, and most relevant really um i think
1: sometimes i still feel like a very young christian I feel sometimes that, you know, I'm one of the older women, but I think, oh my gosh, I've learned so much from so many of the younger women. Now and again, I've sat in the women's Bible study and said something so stupid. I'm
0: and sure someone, you haven't. <laughs>
1: and someone much younger has very graciously kind of steered me in the right um, direction. So, you know, we all have so much to learn from each other. Um, and um, But I think the the thing that I would... Um, That I've learned myself, particularly even quite recently, is to kind of recognize and and acknowledge the importance of being honest with at least one other woman in the church. I think it's very easy, speaking personally, to kind of put your Sunday face on and go Mm. in and be welcoming and chat superficially with people. And, you know, Sunday morning is not necessarily the place to have a, a deep and meaningful, you know, yes. bearing your soul kind of conversation. But I th- mm. I think it is really important um, to try and identify someone, you know, one or two people in the congregation that you um, are prepared to be open and honest with. Um, yes. mm. Because I think growing as a Christian is very difficult if you don't open up um, mm. to anyone. Um, So it is something I've learned more in recent times, actually. It's kind of been reinforced when situations have arisen or I've had to to face things in myself and I haven't known what else to do Mm. other than pray um, and and speak to someone in the church, you know, for help. Mm. Um, And it's really not easy making yourself vulnerable and and admitting to things you'd rather keep hidden. Um, But it's actually you know it it does really strengthen the relationship if you can and it Mm. um you know being honest is it's how we're supposed to be with each other you know you're not going to want to be like that with absolutely everybody but yes that's um, right Mm. if you if you can i would say yeah try and find somebody that Mm. you can be like that with
0: yeah i think that's really good advice because Yeah, as you say, we come on the Sunday and we might see so many people in the church, especially at the moment with so many new people coming. It's really hard to obviously, you know, pull someone aside and have that conversation on the Sunday. But then being able to do that during the week is reinforcing these relationships, Mm. isn't it? Mm. So, yeah, I think that's really important. And we are family at the end of the day. So we need to look out for each other. And you
1: need to to, to feel confident that if, if something does happen and you just need somebody that person will mm, you know yeah. they know you already and that's will right. be there yeah yeah
0: yeah oh thank you so much for sharing your story sarah oh, thank um, you for, and thank you for sharing even some of the harder things uh, in that story which i know is not easy to do um yeah that's all for uh, today's episode of sister stories everyone but join us again next time